Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Hello. Oh my God. First of all, whoa. It's been a while. <laughs> hey, we missed you. It's been a second. We missed you. You missed us, I'm sure. You're probably like, oh my God, didn't they die or something? Yeah, these people have the most erratic schedule. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> well, listen, we did almost die. And in Jeremy's case, someone did die. R.I.P. <laughs> so I had bronchitis for a month and a half. Then my cat died. Then I got a kidney stone. So I was out of commission for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm back in commission. And I got a cold. Yeah, Mo just got a cold. So in a sense, they also were almost dead. Mm-hmm, exactly. Really, the true tragedy is Mo's near cold. Well, it's not a near cold. I did get cold and a cold. Oh, so you're both. You're cold. Oh, you yeah. have a, a fever? I don't really know if I did because, oh, well, here's a whole other thing. I moved and oh, yeah, that's right. with my partner. And if you have packed up and moved a house, yeah. you know that's a terrible thing to do. Very stressful. Honestly, probably went as well as it can go. So Good. not complaining too much. Just a lot of a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. A lot of things going on. And I, I forgot where I was going with this, but yeah. I think you were making up some lie about how you had a cold. I'm not sure. Anyways. Uh, listen to my gunk throat. <laughs> Hear my gunk. <laughs> gunk. Yeah, Mo called their illness gunk throat, which I found especially disturbing and frankly inappropriate. But accurate. If you've ever had a cold, you had bronchitis. I mean, I know it's very accurate, but it feels like it should be censored. Gunk throat. Leave it in the comments how right I am. How right I am. What comments? Um, On Patreon, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, oh. like anywhere. Email us. Just freaking schooled me. I'll start a poll. I will fucking start a poll yeah. right after this drops and be like, who is right? Mo or Mo, but a different option. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. This is a mini episode, so we'll jump right into it. We will be discussing the legend of the Dark Watchers. So why I want to talk about the Dark Watchers, I think they're a very interesting and mysterious phenomenon. I think they would qualify as, I don't know, apparitions, ghosts. Maybe if you want to stretch it, they could be cryptids. How they differ from other stuff we've talked about is things, creatures, entities. The stories are always about how they interact with people. Mm -hmm. An alien abduction, a ghost haunting, a monster attacking. I don't think it ever happened. (laughs) Bigfoot robbing people. A vampire lusting after you and loving you tenderly. So what I find interesting and creepy about the Dark Watchers is that they don't interact with people. Okay. I imagine my my instant right off the bat impression of this is Enderman and Minecraft. Mm -hmm. Like they don't really fuck with you. They just kind of like do their own thing. But like they are creepy as fuck when you do see them. I think the same vibe. Mm -hmm. It would seem they just observe. And I love that shit. I love something in the distance making its presence known, but it has no interest in like doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'm not alone right now. Yeah. It's like Bigfoot when he yowls. Yeah. Well, that's okay. It's a lot less cool when Bigfoot's going. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that? 
That was Bigfoot. He starts throwing rocks at campers. <laughs> yeah. Ow. <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot has problems. He's just screaming and he can't be photographed either. So I'll just jump into it. Along the highlands near California's central coast, there is a legend of ominous figures roaming the rugged clifftops and rolling valleys, witnessed across centuries by foreign settlers. First documented by Spanish settlers who embarked on the first land expedition of the central coastland in 1769, the scouts claimed to witness glimpses of tall, dark silhouettes of what resembled people standing at a distance sometimes looking down from the mountains. These early Spanish settlers called the entities Los Vigilantes Oscuros. Hmm. I can't put no more stank on that. I apologize. So vigilantes, like an outlaw. Well, no. Think about it this way. Vigilant. Ah. So like vigilantes, vigilant, standing vigil. I don't know. So it translates to the Dark Watchers. Wow. Uh, that Spanish middle school lesson is paying off. Yeah, I tell you what, Los Pantalones es muy guapo. Those pants are very handsome. So as Americans overtook the region following the Mexican-American War in the mid-1800s, the mysterious Dark Watchers appeared to the settlers and farmers keen on carving out homesteads in the fertile valleys. Ooh, that's what I like to hear. Innuendos. No, there were literal valleys that were farmed. Good. The dark, <laughs> the dark watchers have been consistently described by travelers as tall, at times seemingly giant-sized, visibly featureless as if fully blanketed by shadow, just a silhouette. And many appear to carry walking sticks or wear wide-brimmed hats. According to legend, the watchers are never moving. They stand typically from a position along the horizon, like a mountain ridge, in some accounts, a traveler would attempt to confront the watchers, but the figures were said to vanish before one could finally reach them, sometimes right before their eyes. Mm -hmm. This phenomenon has most often been reported between the hours around twilight and dawn. The legend of the Dark Watchers reached popularity in the 1930s, possibly due to the writings of authors such as John Steinbeck, whose novels often took place in rural California, especially that central region in particular. Steinbeck references The Watchers in a 1938 collection of short stories titled The Long Valley. Here's an excerpt about them from the short story called Flight. Quote, Papa looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, on a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he quickly looked away, for it was one of the Dark Watchers. No one knew who the Watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. Hmm. The American poet John Robinson Jeffers wrote mostly of the central California coast. His work was most popular in the 1920s through the 30s, and he was known as an outdoorsman, and his poetry hmm. reflected his reverence for nature. In his 1937 poem called Such Counsels You Gave Me, Jeffers illustrates a chilling sequence involving the Dark Watchers. It goes like this. He thought it might be one of the watchers, who are often seen in this length of coast range. Forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come from behind ridges to watch, but when he approached it, he recognized the shabby clothes and pale hair, and even the averted forehead and concave line from the eye to the jaw, so that he was not surprised when the figure, turning toward him in quiet twilight, showed his own face that it melted and merged into the shadows beyond it. 
I like that version of it, particularly how he described it, because it kind of shows the watchers as like a more of a psychological thing, Mm -hmm. like a projection of somebody who is walking the trails. Like I think almost kind of like vultures. When you see a vulture, you immediately think, am I going to die? Like if I'm out in the heat, Mm -hmm. there's a vulture watching me. That's interesting. So it's just kind of like almost ghostly, like an apparition that seems to kind of like blend into the the background, like the valleys. But at the same time, they're like distinct. Mm -hmm. There is clearly a silhouette of a person standing on that ridge watching me. That's interesting. Leaning on a walking stick, wearing a brimmed hat. It almost feels like the top hat man. That's what I thought of when I first was reading through this. It's kind of similar. And the the hat man essentially is connected to sleep paralysis. Mm Mm-hmm. And seen at night in one's bedroom, that's like assuming that it's attached to sleep paralysis. It's the manifestation of your anxiety, not being able to move, fearing a predator. You create this vision. And for some reason, it's always a man in a wide brimmed hat. Similar to this, like if you're a settler, for example, Mm -hmm. someone on a wagon trail going to settle this area. You may be on the lookout for natives way back in the day. You're paranoid. You're in a new land. There's a blistering heat. You are probably going to be paranoid. Mm -hmm. Your eyes are going to be darting across the horizon looking for threats. And so I think of it as real or not, if the mind's playing tricks on you, you're going to see these things. Definitely. Or you could, especially if you've heard legend before. There's also like natural phenomenons that Mm. could potentially account for some of it. That's interesting. But people describe it as a literal person. Like it's not just like a a hazy mirage. Mm -hmm. There is a person right there looking at me. It does feel similar to like the Top Hat Man because... A lot of the stories associated with him are like with sleep paralysis in particular. Yeah. But it's not exclusively sleep paralysis either because there are sightings of him across the world, across cultures, dating back many generations, many years. And Mm -hmm. some of the stories of the Top Hat Man are not negative. They're not people feeling like they're going to harm them. You know, some of them are scary, but... Not all of them are, you know, and some people even see them in like broad daylight. So it feels similar, I guess. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily the same, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I really love the Top Hat Man and Top Hat Man stories and stuff. So like, I kind of like to think about it as him just putzing around, watching people, hurting some people, you know, looking out for others. Yeah, the same species of whatever the Top Hat Man is also exists in this area. Exactly. And they watch travelers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that the Top Hat Man is like a global phenomenon. Same with the old hag archetype that's seen exclusively in sleep paralysis moments. Mm -hmm. Even though it can be described as, oh, it's a hallucination. How is it that somebody in two people in so different cultures consume none of the same media, both see a scary old lady? Right. Why aren't they seeing two totally different things? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's just a universal fear for some reason of like a witch, of an old scary lady. Who knows why? That's the mystery that I love. Like, why are we afraid of old women? Yeah. Why are we afraid of men in hats? You know? Maybe there's a reason that it's shoved into our psyche. There's some sort of thin layer where they exist, but we can't perceive them all of the time. But every now and again, they bleed through. Or like I think of it as there's a reason why kids are naturally have an aversion to like green vegetables or like why we have a natural aversion to spiders is because years of evolution, you know, these things could be dangerous. There could be a poisonous green vegetable. Mm. There could be a venomous spider or snake. 
everyone's a little bit creeped out by a spider typically or scared of a snake, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you had never seen a single Animal Planet special, you didn't even know what a snake was, you'd probably still innately be freaked out by it. Yeah. Like what is this little slithery guy doing? Yeah. This little wet little wiener walking around, (laughs) writhing around. Yeah. So cool. Um, so <laughs> I think it's interesting that like, why is that so ingrained in like the, the recesses of our mind, our deep psyche, like oh, yeah. our dream brain, whatever you'd call that, you know? Real deep. Okay. Yeah. Real deep <laughs> in the brain. <laughs> right back in the cervix of your mind. It's oh, way back God. there. <laughs> Reiterating what I just said. The dark watchers in early accounts especially appear to travelers. For example... The early Spanish scouts whose expeditions had been challenged by treacherous and unnavigable, which is a word I found out, <laughs> terrain of the central coastland. The scouts had to revise their charted course and reroute around the Santa Lucia mountain range. In that way, they were made vulnerable at the mercy of a foreign land. If any uneasy feelings had been felt by the expedition, the hallucinations of a watchful enemy might have been manifestations of their paranoia. Hmm. I feel like sometimes people, when looking for an explanation, almost get like too artistic with it. For sure. Yeah. Are you talking about me right now? (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, like, you know, oh, this could be explained by them seeing themselves in the field. You know, it's almost like... Yeah, no. What that theory is, is psychological. So that's like flowery language. But you are basically looking at your own hallucination. And so going to Jeffers poem where he says he saw himself in the dark watcher, it's like I see relating to that idea in the poem. It could also just be Nate, the native peoples of that land. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't explain the current sightings of dark watchers, but you know, reading the old descriptions of them, maybe movies have ruined that for me because in the movies they always show like the Native Americans on their horses, you know, at the top of the canyon mm-hmm. looking down, quietly observing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that wasn't really a thing. But I would assume there was inhabitants before the Spanish settlers. They could have been watching them. Like, hey, what the fuck are these guys doing? Right. And then especially with the American settlers, because, you know, they'd be spying on them too, being like, what are they doing here? Mm -hmm. You know? So some of that had to be natives, I would assume. Yeah. I I mean, I would assume so too, because I feel like there is some validity to that idea of someone's watching me. Yeah. You know, sometimes no, probably not, but like... I feel like when you get that feeling, it's usually like a fairly accurate feeling. Or there's a reason for it. Yeah, there's something's misplaced. Something isn't right. Yeah, exactly. Because back when it was a frontier, when it was all kind of lawless in a sense, too, Mm -hmm. there was plenty of robberies and crime going on. All kinds of people were all over the place. Whether that's like a native or like some other person who's probably thinking that you're also some fucking like hallucination. Yeah. (laughs) What's this dude doing? Should I rob him? Should I rob his wagon or whatever? I've seen Westworld. I've seen Westworld. I know they're all fucking robots. Yeah. I know that there's no such thing as Native Americans or cowboys. They're all computer parts. Mm-hmm. And they have no feelings. They have no feelings. I can kill them over and over again. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. Would you have sex with a robot? Depends. How hot are they? <laughs> uh, very. Westworld hot. Okay. Do they have feelings? No. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to offer some explanations on the science side of what the Dark Watchers are, other than spooky, ooky, ghosty boys. So there are three popular scientific explanations. Number one, obviously, misidentification or hallucinations of natural stimuli caused from exhaustion or 
illusions and hallucinations that the mind can sometimes create over periods of isolation, which is an actual thing. Mm -hmm. After long periods of isolation, your mind will begin to play tricks on you. Mm -hmm. So you got to think these people who are settling, they could be on the trail for days trying to get to the new the new plot of land. It's quiet. You're in a canyon. There's things above you. You're alert. The threat of dysentery is always looming. You're shitting your pants. <laughs> yeah. One of your kids is already dead from getting their finger pricked by a sharp rock. <laughs> and your wife has scarlet fever. So there's these periods of isolation. Your mind starts freaking you out. Yeah. The vast and desolate landscapes where the watchers have been traditionally seen means that the people that were hiking these trails in modern times or traversing them in the olden days... You likely wouldn't see a person for many miles, mm, you know? Mm -hmm. It's desolate, especially back in the day. Not to mention the general hot and arid climate causing like bodily stress and disorientation, mm -hmm. dehydration, all that kind of stuff. Heat stroke. Number two, this one I find super interesting, infrasound. Okay. Low frequency sound, basically. Infrasound occurring in the region could disturb the senses and cause frequencies near the resident frequency of the human eye. This is so strange. In controlled experiments, infrasonic frequencies between 18 to 19 hertz were capable of causing a person to see optical illusions. Whoa. Okay. In an experiment at Coventry University, subjects reported seeing a gray blob mistaken as a ghostly figure. Huh. Because when something resonates, it vibrates. Mm -hmm. It syncs up. So infrasound exposure is otherwise known to cause paranoia, anxiety, and panic in humans. And infrasound has been detected near coasts from crashing ocean waves and more commonly from wind passing through mountain ranges. Huh. That's exactly this location. It's mountainous and it's right by the sea. How interesting. Yeah. Science! I know there's been testing for infrasound for crowd control because it can also make you nauseous. Hmm, okay. So they did, I know there's one experiment in a concert. They started playing infrasound. You couldn't hear it. But everyone started having panic attacks and throwing up. Whoa. Shit's crazy. So is that something that I could like get on my phone? I wonder. Play it on my phone, go to Disney World, and then all the kids run away. Well, you would probably need like the delivery system would have to be like a big ass speaker, you know, something that could reach everybody like to create that, that resonance. Mm, I see. I think. I don't know. <laughs> There's some little like four-year-old is just like. <laughs> oh, God, I see fucking ghosts everywhere. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear's right in front of me, dude. Johnny, run. <laughs> so number three is, I, this is, I think, also a great explanation and also super weird. A Brock Inspector. Brocken Spectre, not Brock Inspector. Ah, damn. This is an environmental weather phenomenon created when an observer's shadow is magnified and cast midair upon any type of cloud or fog opposite a strong light source. Mm. The shadow falls on water droplets of varying distances from the observer, distorting the shadow's size. The specter created by this phenomenon can appear and move suddenly due to the movement of the cloud that it's projecting onto and the variations in cloud density. A Brocken specter can appear in various circumstances and by any kind of source of light, even the dull headlights of a car. Hmm. And you can see videos of this or images of this online. It just looks like a super tall shadow. And it appears and disappears randomly. Interesting. A legend similar to the Dark Watchers exists in Scotland and other mountainous regions across the British Isles. An abstract figure in Scottish folklore called Amphirlimor. 
Sounds kind of sexy. Amphir Lamore is Scots Gaelic for the big gray man, <laughs> but also goes by the name the gray man or the big gray man of... Oh God, this is a lot of weird fucking Gaelic words. <laughs> the big gray man of Ben McDewey. <laughs> I like that. Ben McDewey being the highest peak in the Cairn... Cairngorms <laughs> mountain range and second highest peak in all the British Isles. So the gray man is thought to haunt the mountain in particular and has been reported throughout its passes and summit. Similar to the dark watchers, an eerie sensation is attributed to the gray man described as a foreboding mood and general apprehension. In some accounts, hikers and climbers only experienced that distinct sensation alone. They never saw anything. They felt like something's watching me. There's something out there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Though sometimes it would be accompanied by the sound of disembodied footsteps approaching in the snow. Sometimes you'll see the figure, which is like a Brock inspector. And sometimes you'll also just have that feeling, which is the infrasound, likely, because it's the mountain or whatever. Also, high altitudes, like your blood flow is different. Mm-hmm. A lot of hallucinations can occur and like weird health things. Science has shown this sensation to be an ancient survival mechanism called the reptilian complex, nicknamed our lizard brain, which makes up the (laughs) earliest evolved region of the human brain concerned with primitive drives like hunger, thirst, procedural memory, etc., and is thought to be the origin point of the fight or flight instinct. This reaction of hallucinations and things? That thing of someone's watching me. Oh, I see. Built into us. I could see that, yeah. So when alerted, our reptilian complex activates an instinctive trauma response, which is either fight or flight. What's curious is when fight or flight kicks in when there is no apparent visible threat, especially under mysterious circumstances, or as people with generalized anxiety call it, just another Tuesday. Hey. Being afraid of nothing. (laughs) Ha! Someone's watching you. Nothing's happening and I'm sweating. Yeah. So like the amygdala, people like Alex Honnold who was in the movie Free Solo. He's a free solo rock climber. And he just goes climbing these massive mountains without ropes or like I know, I saw this dude. This is fucking insane. Insane. They did a scan of his brain and found that his amygdala was a lot smaller than normal. So he had like a near non-existent fear response, which is why he could handle these kind of things. And it was like no big deal to him. Wow, okay. I wonder if like... People with anxiety disorder just have a large lizard complex. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, maybe. And maybe we can like do targeted lobotomies for our our lizard complex brain. Let's bring a drill into this. (laughs) Problem is the amygdala is the back of your brain, so like it'd be trickier, right? Well it depends. How strong is your doctor? (laughs) <laughs> i always look for thick forearms in my doctor so i know he can drill my brain real good so yeah that phantom panic that we all feel outside of anxiety i think is interesting you know sometimes you just spook yourself out mm-hmm. right anyone who listens to this podcast i'm sure is a big fan of spooking yourself out yeah there's a ghost ah this ghost huh scared you <laughs> lizard activated <laughs> stare blankly (laughs) flicking your tongue (laughs) so it seems mankind has encountered this ever elusive phantom panic for as long as we've been around every culture has paranormal explanations for that sudden sense of doom Mm -hmm. feeling the stare of a non-existent watcher yeah a feeling that american singer and one-hit wonder rockwell put succinctly in his 1984 hit single somebody's watching me (laughs) when he said 
it always feels like somebody's watching me. <laughs> it's so true. That that part of like the doom, like something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Is like a pet peeve of mine because I always feel like something bad is about to happen. You know what I mean? Like with generalized anxiety, like right, that's just yeah. a, that's like a constant. Circling back to Dark Watchers. We talked about author John Steinbeck, who wrote many short stories and novels that are set in the Central California region, especially Salinas Valley and the mountain ranges of coastal California, which is the general hotspot for watcher sightings. Steinbeck was born in Salinas and lived in Central California throughout his life. Steinbeck's son, novelist Thomas Steinbeck, grew up seeing dark watchers in the wilderness as a boy, Mm. namely around Big Sur. Later in life, Steinbeck shared the legend with friend and artist Benjamin Brode, who saw a connection between the Dark Watchers' relationship to the unique landscape of California's Central Coast and his own passion for field sketching and landscape painting. And the two collaborated on what would eventually be the book In Search of the Dark Watchers, which was published in 2014, I believe. Hmm. The book consists of Brode's paintings accompanied by written commentary by Steinbeck, included personal stories about the Dark Watchers, his family, tales his grandma told him, like it goes back. So Brode, I thought I watched an interview with them. I think they're both dead now. I don't know. So Brode set out to quote unquote capture the Dark Watchers on canvas and drove his old Volkswagen van into the densest parts of Big Sur wilderness to collect field sketches of the rugged cliff sides and dark forests. Later, he would adapt his sketches into a series of full paintings that would appear in the book. What I found was interesting was that according to Brode, he aimed to open himself up to the spirits of the Watchers. He'd start each session by what he called a quieting of his heart then roamed the forest sketching whatever spoke to him. During this process, Brode said he'd bring a basket of food offerings to appease the Dark Watchers. The finished paintings, mostly of like a moody forest scenes, all contain shadowy tree lines and brush that contain abstract shapes and figures camouflaged about that kind of look like figures. Mm -hmm. So you can look at each painting and kind of see like, oh, is that a person? Like similar to what people see when they see a Dark Watcher. That's cool, actually. Seems interesting. Very pretty paintings. Did he ever actually meet one? I wouldn't trust this man as far as I could throw him. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he met a Dark Watcher. <laughs> I wanted to end this with some real accounts that I found on this site, weirdca.com, so the Weird California. There was a whole section on Dark Watchers and a forum where people could post their experiences. So some of the highlights that I found. Cool. Joey from Silmar, California posted this in 2016 he said i'm a long distance runner most of my training is up in the good old california mountains i had a long run scheduled so i headed out i headed to veterans park here in the san fernando valley time of day was 2 p.m i was running up where no human could climb without gear i saw a black figure in plain daylight i've never seen anything like it up in the mountains was darker than dark and i could not explain A year passed, and today, again, January 24th, I saw it again in the same spot. Here's another one from an anonymous person from Ojai, California, in 2018. They said, I was hiking up a remote trail up the 33 in Ojai. I was about an hour up the mountain, no people, no cars in sight. As I was hiking, I had this eerie feeling I was being watched. I looked up at the top of the mountain. It was a black figure. I waved jokingly, not really thinking the object was a person. It waved back. (gasps) No. Thinking I was maybe tripping or that it was a tree waving in the wind, I took a puff of my cigarette. 
only to see the figure blow out a plume of smoke as well. I started seeing it flowing, almost floating vertically. I ran like hell back to my car, spraining my knee in the process. Damn. This one is more than likely like a Brock Inspector mm-hmm. due to the exact mimicking of the experiencer's movements and it appearing to be floating upward, which is part of the optical illusion. Mm-hmm. However, this is assuming the shadow mimicked the experiencer's movements simultaneously because the way he described it is he made a motion, then the thing made the motion. Yeah. So if that was the case, it's not a Brock Inspector, it's something else because it wouldn't have the delay. Right. This next one from C. Gardner of June Lake, California in 2011 said, Up here in eastern Sierras, we see the dark watchers all the time. They are always out at dusk and dawn. All you see is just a tall, dark silhouette. They almost look like horses standing on their hind legs with the assistance of a walking stick. It's pretty creepy. What in the world? And no one has ever seen them close up. They disappear the moment you try to get closer. This last one I'll read was from Brian Hollister in California in 2013. One early morning when my car was in the shop and my sister was taking me to and from work in Salinas over San Juan Road, we were coming home to the San Juan Batista Hollister side when we saw a very large dark figure standing at the edge of the mountains, which is extremely weird since I've never seen anyone cross over the barbed wired fence, and I travel that road daily at all hours. We drove by it slowly, behind the figure, noticing it staring off into the distancing valleys and mountains, which would be Fremont's Peak. It appeared to have a large cape with straight shoulders that were very broad. It seemed to have a hunch on its back. At first, from a distance, I thought it was a condor, but when I got closer, it stood almost 10 feet tall. It did not notice us driving behind it, but when we found a spot on the cliffy road to turn around and get a better look at it, it was gone. This was around September 2010. Christ. There was like hundreds of these people's accounts. So it's a very common thing that people are seeing, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in that area and if you're a hiker or just driving by the cliffs and mountainsides, stuff like that. Maybe we should make a trip out there. I want to go to California again. I want to go to California again also. Maybe we we go and look for some watchers. And all we're going to find is more friendship. <laughs> and I'm fine with that, too. Well, that concludes this mini-sode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Something a little different, something a little, little rarer. Yeah, I liked that. We're not talking about Bigfoot no more. We're talking about the Dark Watchers of California. I'm into that. Yeah. We're not talking about Frogman no more. We ain't talking about Frogman. He's dead. He was shot dead in Dallas. By a lone gunman. In Dallas? No. This is Loveland, Ohio. Well, he traveled to Dallas. He died like JFK is what I was alluding oh to. Oh my God. So anyway. <laughs> In the back of a car. Frogman's dead. He was made a martyr. The Patsy. <laughs> Who the Patsy? Bigfoot. Exactly. In jail. Stay tuned and keep watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys uh, for listening. We do have the full lined up that we are going to be getting into your earbuds Mm -hmm. soon. Sorry for the delay, but we're recovering now and we're getting back on a regular schedule. So thank you again for your patience. We also recorded a creepypasta for our patrons. So if you're looking for more content, make sure you check out our Patreon page where we have exclusive content for all your sweet little listenings. Um, In the meantime... If you have topics, things you want us to talk about, or just to give us feedback, you can email us at accordingtoanidiot at gmail.com. You can also stay up to date when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter at IdiotsAccord 
or on our Facebook and Instagram at According to an Idiot. If you really want to do us a favor, we are an exclusively grassroots operation. So if you want to help other people find our show, you can rate us on Spotify or iTunes and leave us a nice little review. We love reading those as well. Yeah, or hate mail. Hate mail. We accept hate speech. Mm -hmm. Tell me how much you don't like my voice. Our our haters. They're going to do us like they did Frogman. No! (laughs) But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show in whatever way you choose. If it's just listening, that's awesome too. Reach out to us. Tell us what you want to see. Tell us what you don't want to see. Do we need to fire Mo? That's fine. What? We can do that. So thank you guys (laughs) for listening. I will see you in time. Love ya. (laughs) Bye.